Welcome everybody. Hey, how y'all doing? Um, I am just doing a little update today. Decided to, it's Saturday night and I've been doing tons of stuff this week. Tons and tons of stuff this week. Just wanted to give y'all a little bit of update of things that were going on around here. All right. So first thing I wanted to talk about is that you're probably noticing like my background's completely changed. So I totally redid my office. I can actually turn on another light here. Get in, <clears throat> let's see, does that add any more light? No, it looks like I need some backlight here. I've totally redone my office. Um, <clears throat> it is way different. So basically I moved my whole room around. I've never liked my setup in here. I think I like it much, much better now. Um, <clears throat> the room just makes a lot more sense. And you can see my background now is totally different. Um, when I make my videos and stuff, it's like the side of the wall going down. I'm probably going to get rid of the Grateful Dead tapestry that's right here. I still like my paintings in the background. So if you're ever not sure, those are my paintings that I've done. Um, I actually think that one is awesome. I'm going to try to make it some kind of like symbol for myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting better it's it's a, the office is better i'm liking it a lot better uh, i still need to get rid of this tapestry i'm not sure where i want to put it i just don't want it to be in my videos i'm, I'm actually going to be i'm going in the campus i'm going on to campus on tuesday and i'm going to be getting some monitors um, i'm going to actually set up a triple monitor setup right now i have two and i'm going to have a big monitor right here so you're not really going to see this right now i've just got a a laptop that's off um, but I'm gonna get another monitor I've got my TV right there I'm gonna get another monitor so that I have a triple monitor setup because I am really planning to probably be working from home this fall um, the way it's sounding we're not really gonna be allowed on campus much so I really need to get my office workspace like ready to go hundred percent so I'm gonna bring another monitor here and set up a triple monitor setup. I have a second one that you can't see right now. But this is kind of my new like background um, for myself, which I think is better. There's a lot more depth in the room, so I can make this back darker. I need to work on some of the lighting. I haven't really played around with it at all. I literally decided to do this last minute random two days ago. Um, I've been into all these like cleaning projects for the last like week or two weeks for some reason. Um, so my office was my second project. My first project was completely redoing my garage. I've complete, I need to probably post a picture, but I've completely redone my garage and turned my garage. It's just all clean now. I threw away all the, my kids, my youngest kids going to kindergarten. So we threw away our baby strollers. We got rid of all that baby stuff <clears throat> is gone. So my garage, and I just cleaned it out in general. So I have all this space in my garage now. So I'm turning a quarter of my garage. So my garage is a two stall. So I'm putting a half of one stall and making it a gym because I basically come to the conclusion that I'm probably not going back to the gym this year. Um, and I need to work out. I actually work out better from home. And, uh, you know, I've been, I run outside and bike outside and stuff. Um, but I am building a gym all the stuff sold out so i've been like slowly compiled and i've always had like some weights anyway but i'm making it like a really nice gym the last piece i need right now is a squat rack and i'm good to go so my 
garage is going to be a gym. And I'll talk about that sometime because I'm all in the working out and health and stuff. And I need to totally talk about that more in some of these videos. Um, <laughs> Ashley just commented about the haircut thing. So what's funny is I've... I've not, I've only gotten one haircut by another person since I was like 17 years old. I've been doing it myself my whole life. I started that when I was in high school because I used to, my parents would only pay for me to get my haircut like once every one or two months and I wanted it cut like every couple weeks. So I, one time I just did it myself. It turned out okay. And then I slowly like have perfected that year after year. When I was in college, I used to cut people's hair for like a dollar or two. Every Friday, I'd have a line out the door before the weekend of cutting all my friend's hair. Um, so I've gotten really good at cutting hair. I mean, I, no, I shouldn't say that. I'm not really good at it. It's good enough that I don't, I, there's not like a big like line going through my head. <laughs> it's fine. So I can cut my kid's hair, obviously, and I cut my own hair. I got one haircut from someone and it was from, so before my wedding, Becca was like, look, you have to get your haircut professionally. So she, we paid all this money, this expensive place in New Jersey for me to get my haircut. And lo and behold, the lady messes it up. So I was like, I'm seriously never getting my hair cut again. So one of the things about the whole quarantine thing is I did not have to worry about haircuts. I only cut my hair like once every six months anyway. I cut it and literally just let it grow for like six months and then cut it again. Um, but I have all, I have really good haircut equipment because I've been cutting my own hair for many years. So I didn't have to worry about that whatsoever. That was one positive about staying home is I could cut my own hair. <laughs> if that's anything to be positive about, I could cut my own hair. Yeah, but I am building a gym. I did redo my office, completely redid it. The, it just makes so much more sense the way it's set up. Now my desk is like this huge L and like I have this whole wall going behind me. I like the background. I like that I can actually see my TV now. Like I can actually turn my TV on while I'm working, um, which is a huge bonus. So I guess you can see my coffee cups. This one is, oh, it's all wearing away. I got this for Christmas. Really cool. Pac-Man coffee cup. So when you heat it up, you can see like Pac-Man and all the ghosts. But it's like coming apart in the, uh, in the wash. And these are awesome. My coasters are floppy disks. But they're actually like rubber. So in my office, I need to do like a whole like what's on my desk episode. Um, but these, I got these for Christmas. I asked for them because my parents don't know what to get me. So I just like make up stuff. So I go on Amazon and like find cool little things. These are old floppy disks. They look just like disks, but they're silicone, just rubber. Really cool coffee cup holders. They're like five bucks on Amazon. Totally worth it as like a gag gift or like when someone has no idea what to get you. Like they're a good office item. So I like having, I spend so much time on my office desk that I really, really, really need to like, this is like my area, you know, I want everything to be like comfortable and nice. Um, but so that's kind of some of the stuff I've been up to this week is just redoing. Um, <laughs> how do you think the future of online education or a hybrid model, et cetera? Um, I don't know. So Right now, the state of education in America is completely in flux, um, but the, the online emergency education that we got over the last two months is definitely not, is not quality. We've recognized that that education is not quality. Um, we have, you know, 
our teachers were not prepared for it. They they aren't trained to teach online, so there's there was no expectation that that was going to be quality. Um, our students weren't prepared for it. We have students without internet or computers at home, so it's ac actually a, just a complete disaster. So the future of education. Let's start with K to twelve. Future of K to twelve is going to go back to normal. Now it's not going to go back to normal until we have a vaccine for this virus. It's going to be all weird. Um, we're talking about things, you know, I've been talking to educators, I've been talking to epidemiologists, I've been just reading about what's going to happen, Pretend, and basically no one knows, but the things being thrown on the table right now, you know, if you watch my interview with uh, Casey Rondello, the epi disaster epidemiologist, he's dealing a lot with uh, higher education right now, but basically, you know, his suggestions and the things I'm reading in the media, the things I'm hearing at like my university and my school level is that there's potential for kids wearing masks. Uh, there's potential for weird like separation, like maybe not having playground time or very limited playground time. Um, buses are going to be crazy, like kids separated on the bus, multiple bus trips. Um, possibly staggered school days, like some kids go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, some Tuesday, Thursday, which I don't know how that would work out with parents working. Um, in some ways, I think that would actually be worse for a lot of parents. So there's a lot of things being put on the table right now, and I don't think that we necessarily know what's going to happen. I think what happens over the next month and a half is going to determine a lot of that. Because right now, like, you know, where we live, where I live in Wilmington, in North Carolina, our, our case count is going up right now. We're actually at our worst time right now than we ever have been because basically we have all kinds of vacation. You know, we've got vacation. It's vacation time. First of all, everything is open now besides gyms and bars are closed still, but everything else is opened up. Um, we've got, you know, uh, everything's open. We've got vacationers here everywhere. Um, just things like that are happening. Uh, you know, we've got political stuff happening everywhere between protests, rallies, just all kinds of stuff happening. So people are out and I don't think people should be staying in and necessarily sheltered right now either. Um, there are opportunities to innovate, but I don't know. I'd say, you know, my, my big thing is that we look to the countries that are, doing things correctly already, take what they're doing and make it better. So like take Taiwan, things that Taiwan is doing. So what Taiwan is doing, I mean, I think they're doing some brilliant stuff. Like, so first of all, kids cannot go to school if you have a fever. So there's a daily log of temperature checks every single day. I think that's brilliant. Like that totally helps just prevent everything. Like that's a great thing that always, you know, we've always said if the kid has a fever, they can't come to school for 24 hours. So I think logging that might be a, a good necessary step. Other things that they do in those countries, the kids do wear masks. Um, the kids have these little like clear plexiglass uh, cubbies on their desks. So like while the kid's sitting at their desk, if they cough or sneeze, it doesn't spread to like all their neighborhood kids. I think that's a great idea and probably a pretty inexpensive way to prevent illness. If things like wiping down door handles, um, wiping down the touch, like the water fountains, or just making kids actually use like a cup to drink, not like from the water fountain, uh, and door handles, and trying to, it's going to be really hard to keep them separated, like from not touching each other, but do the best you can. 
Um, I think that just some simple things like that will cut down illness tremendously. But like what happens when in a school, five students get coronavirus? Like, are we going to shut the school down? I mean, what, what is going to happen? I don't know the answers to these questions. I'm really glad that I'm not like a principal or superintendent right now so that I don't have to make these decisions. But like, we're not going to go online. Online education is really, really great at the graduate student level. Graduate students can excel, but one of the things I've stated repeatedly over and over again, you know, so let me go back to like 2010, 2012. The big talk was MOOCs, and the big talk was MOOCs, if you're not familiar with MOOCs, massive online courses, like the big free courses from like edX, Khan Academy, that kind of stuff. They were going to take over higher education. There was going to be no such thing as schools or colleges anymore in the world. Um, but I knew that wasn't true. I could say that wasn't true in one second without even thinking about it. Why? If that was the case, just remember, since the dawn of time, pretty much, like that we were a first, considered a first world country, let's say like early 1900s, um, when, you know, industrial revolution, that kind of stuff, we started to be a better society, maybe even after World War I kind of thing, World War II. We've had access to education. They're called libraries. We've had anything you wanted to learn about, you could go learn about. And how many people did that? Hardly anybody. Why? Because people do not have self-motivation to learn things. It's not even that they don't have self-motivation. They don't necessarily know where to begin, where to end. And they need to be guided and they need a facilitator and they need structure. It's not like a, this isn't a bad thing, it's just the way people are programmed. Um, unless you're an extremely self-motivated uh, learner, online learning is just not for you. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's, so is it going to, so we're not going online. We're not going online for K to 12. We're not going online for undergrads. Maybe there's going to be a hybrid or mixed model in the next fall semester, possibly spring even, possibly into the spring until there's a vaccine, which we're talking about vaccine like end of this year. So fall semester into the spring, um, then hopefully, hopefully like next spring, we're back to normal. But, uh, you know, the point, the comment that was just brought up, are students, you know, about like paying and stuff and like how are students going to be charged if they're going online? Yeah, there's a difference. So like the way like our university, UNCW, is structured is there's DE students, which are considered distance education, and then there are face-to-face -face students. So face-to-face -face students pay more money than the distance education students. Well, actually, they just have different fees. So a student who is on campus pays fees for labs, pays fees for the gym, pays fees for like the walkways and the sports teams and all that kind of stuff. The student who is considered a distance education student pays fees for online learning, pays fees for the infrastructure, pays fees for the learning management system, which is Canvas that we use. Um, so they have two different fee structures and it works out that the student going face to face actually pays more money. Now, if we go to a online model in the fall semester for students, but students are on campus and the rec is open and the student unions are open and the library is open and all that stuff. 
I would expect that students who are face-to-face -face are going to pay the same fee because they're still using all those things they're actually still paying for. Um, there shouldn't be a difference. Um, the only way there would be, I would expect there to be a difference is if none of those things were open and they couldn't access them, then yes, I would expect there to be, they would pay the distance education fee. Um, so I don't think, I, I think a lot of universities run under those kind of models and I think that's how it's going to be set up. Um, but, you know, back to my point about the, uh, do I think online education is going to take off? No, I do not think it is. People just don't have the self-discipline. They don't have the motivation. It's the same thing we ran into with the MOOCs. We're going to run into, we already know, like undergrads do not prefer face-to-face -face, or online instruction, K to 12. They don't prefer it. Now, there are cases where they like it, enjoy it, and it's great and works out really well. But in, I'm talking about like in general across all majors, all students. In general, undergrads are going to be face-to-face. -face. Graduate students per, can perform really well online. Um, it's just the way it is. It's just the way our brains are programmed and what we're, you know, graduate school, graduate students. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, grad students are professional students. A grad student comes to college to learn specific skills to do a job. An undergraduate student is has much different motivations. They're there to learn about themselves. They're there to just learn how to problem solve. They're there to meet friends and have social connections or play sports or whatever it is they're there to do they're not just there to get a to work at a job um, it's a whole different thing so it's one of the reasons online education just has really you know we hit a stalling point in the growth of undergrad online education in like 2011 2012 it's actually stalled out at the undergraduate level and if you look at some of the big fully online universities they actually did not do well they've not done well in like the last six to seven years. I'm not going to mention any names of them, but you can look it up yourself and see that some of the big online, fully online universities, the undergrad level, their enrollment actually has went down since 2012 uh, because we kind of hit a plateau there. So, but for the graduate level, I don't think that at all. Graduate level, I think has a lot of room to grow. Um, you know, the new esports certificates that are happening at UNCW are going to be online. And I think that was a smart move for that program. The students that I'm talking to are potentially not students even in Wilmington, who, but in North Carolina. And so I think that like programs like that, even at the undergrad level, are going to be good and going to be better online. But, you know, the way that I'm setting up that program is that it's going to be both online, but students are actually going to be doing stuff on campus or with events live. So there's like a live component. It's almost like a flipped classroom model in a mix, in, to an extent. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that are happening. That's kind of state of education type stuff, you know, what's going on. I mean, we're in summer mode right now. I mean, professors are in summer mode. It's a weird summer, though. Like, usually in the summer mode, like, you'll send, like, a professor an email in the summer, and they will say, like, sorry, I'm not available until August. Like, literally. <laughs> I mean, I'm that's not me. <laughs> I'm always available. I'm here. It's like, I'm working 24-7. I mean, I'm literally working every day doing something. So, you know, I've never had that mindset. But I could, and some do. And But this summer, I'm not seeing any of that. Everyone's on email. 
we're getting emails. People are being called to meetings. Um, it's it's an interesting. It's a different summer because of coronavirus. People are people are on edge, and we're just not sure about what's happening in the fall. And people are it's making people nervous. I'm just glad we can finally go to campus. So Tuesday, I'm going to campus to get to, for me to even be able to go to campus. I need to. I have to send uh, my department an email when I'm coming that morning. And then I have to call when I'm there. They have to let me in the building. They have to, like, sign me saying that I was coming on Tuesday. I have to wear a mask. Um, and I'm just going to really pick up a monitor. I'm going to be super quick. but And I would wear a mask anyway going in, in inside anywhere right now. Inside stores, inside my college, I'm wearing a mask. Now, I have an N95, but even a cloth mask. Totally would wear that. In fact, well, I'm not a big fan of the cloth masks. They don't protect enough. So what I've done is I actually bought a, uh, if you go to like, you know, like the things that are uh, uh, like a filter, a vent filter for a home, like a home vent filter, like those big square things, they're literally like $15 at Walmart. You can buy one of those and take it apart and the filter in it is can stop the spread of viruses and bacteria. It, it can filter out more than an N95. So if you take like a cloth mask and actually put like the cutout of the, the respiratory thing on you, what you're breathing, you will, it'll be better than an N95. Now I will warn you, make sure you don't buy a fiberglass one because you don't want to be breathing in fiberglass. Buy one of the filtreat ones that do not have fiberglass in them. Um, and it's like a, actually an excellent filter for yourself. Um, but if I'm going in any stores right now, which I'm really not, I'm, I'm trying to still like stay online and avoid going into places. I did go into Walmart once and I'm okay going into a store, uh, you know, minding my own business, not talking to people, being quick, grabbing my stuff, getting out of there. Same thing I'm going to do on campus. Um, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to be a little cautious. I mean, the boys are playing with other kids right now. You know, we're going to the beach tomorrow. We're, we're trying. We're doing more than normal. Um, and I think if everybody just does a little bit more than normal, we can totally slow the spread of this down. Um, I was always a little uh, in the washing my hands and being conscious of germs before this. So a lot of the stuff is not necessarily new to me. Um, but just like, you know, making, being mindful who the kids are playing with, are they trying to social distance a little bit, whoever the kids are that we're allowing them to play with. We're only allowing them to play with kids outside. We're not doing in the house friend stuff yet. Um, it's like pool or beach, uh, which is, things can still be spread, but it's much, the, the chances are significantly lower. You know, beach play, someone walking by you on the beach is... You're not, I mean, extremely, extremely, um, you know, just low chance of getting it. So anyway, that's the stuff we're doing as a family. You know, we're, we did go to the pool this morning. There were this, a couple kids there, but the boys played with them. But, you know, they, they're not like hugging each other. They're, they do share some pool toys a little bit, but we're, they're in the, first of all, the chlorine in the pool kills that freaking everything. Um, pool and beach we're going to the beach tomorrow just us as a family there will be other people kind of around us like there will be people sitting like 20 to 30 yards away from us but that's it that's as close as they're getting someone's gonna people are gonna walk by as they're walking 
I mean, that's as, it, I, I think it's a pretty safe activity as far as activities go. Um, you know, if I was a high-risk person, I probably wouldn't be doing that stuff. Um, and by high-risk, I mean, like, if I was, like, in my 70s, uh, I probably wouldn't be doing that stuff. And, like, if I, were, if I had, like, a... I don't know, certain conditions, I guess, whatever is considered high risk, I'd be probably be a little more cautious than I am. Um, but we are being pretty cautious. You know, it seems like a lot of my neighbors are not. That's fine. I mean, I think it's we're up at the point where it's going to be choice. I don't think there's anything we can do to prevent the spread unless we're just shutting down society again, which I don't think is going to happen. And I don't necessarily think we need to do that either. I think education is the correct path forward. So... Anyway, just one more thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so I've been doing my interviews, and I started to make it into a series. I've now done five, and it's pretty cool, actually, and, and enjoying it a lot. Um, I'm starting to turn them into podcast format, though I'm a big video person. I prefer the videos, but... Um, I am doing the interviews. I'm trying to do like about one a week. Um, I probably won't do one like the week of the 4th of July, that kind of thing. But I'm going to try to do like one a week, maybe one every two weeks. But I'm going to stick with this. I, I like, I actually, I think I enjoy it. It is a lot of work. So doing an interview is a significant amount of work. There's a lot of prep to it. Um, but it's fun. And I like just talking to people. In some ways, I feel like it's like creating like a time capsule. Like I can always go back and see that person and see what they had to say. Like it's pretty cool. Um, so I like that. And I'm going to try to stick with it and continue to do it because I, I like it. I like the format. I like where I'm going with it. I think it's going to be like my... So like two years ago, my research project was to create an instructional design video series, which I did. Last year, my research project was to write a book which I did. This year, I think my research project is going to be a series of interviews. Um, we'll see how many I do. Um, but I'm liking it so far. And next week, so on Thursday, I'm going to be interviewing the CEO of Proficient Learning, um, which will be pretty cool. Um, I'm going to be talking to her. She is in charge of a training company, so I want to talk to her about that. But what I really want to be in interested in is talk to what's it like being a CEO of a pretty big company. I mean, I'd say like they're a medium size. I mean, we'll find out. Let's ask her the size of her company. They're a pretty big size. I mean, they're a large training company. Um, and so I'm really interested to find out like, well, what's it, how did you start your company? And you know, that's the kind of cool stuff I want to find out. Like, how did she start? How do you start a company? Like, how does it start up? What was that like? What was the beginning like? Like, what was like that first six months to a year like versus like year 10? Like, how different is a company at that point? And like, you know, what's it, what's the stress level of being a CEO year one versus year 10? Um, so things like that are what I'm interested in, and that's the kind of stuff I'm going to find out. So I'm going to be interviewing all kinds of different people. You know, I know I'm an instructional designer, but I'm going to go way off the charts here. I just want to interview people that I'm interested in what they're doing. I'm interested in tech. I'm interested in anything that's, like, cool and innovative. I've said this before. Like, I'd be, I'm interested in, like, the guy that's sitting there, like, carving baseball bats at, like, the Louisville Slugger Factory to find out, like, how does he do that? Like, what engineering goes on into that? What kind of tools do they use? 
I'm interested. I think that's cool. Like there's so it's like literally everything, um, everyone, everybody. And I'm starting out obviously with people that I know. Um, because I want to get a good base of people before I start asking random people. But um, some of the people I know are doing really cool stuff. I think everybody I've interviewed is doing cool stuff. And there's a lot more people that I know doing really cool stuff. So I'm just going to try to interview all of them. Um, I'm just going, I don't have a list or anything. I'm just sitting there at the beginning of each week saying, who would be cool to interview? And the first person that pops in my head, I'm kind of asking them. So, um it's it's exciting and fun. Last week I interviewed a pretty cool guy who runs a course grind podcast. He uh his he's interviewed like every like if you watch any cooking show on reality TV, he's interviewed all the people on it. Like he's the person interviewing all of them. I just think that's awesome. I just wanted to hear about someone who's created a successful podcast. Like how did they do it? How does he get his people? How did he like what is he doing? He's and what's funny is his technology, I asked him, like, what tech he was using, thinking, like, he's going to have, like, this huge studio setup. He's like, yeah, I'm using, like, the most, ba- you know, 60 to to $100 microphone, and that's really it. That's all he's got. He's like, eh. He's like, I'm not. And he's a tech guy, too, but he's like, I'm not really using much tech whatsoever. He's posting his episodes after he records it. That's it. Using free audacity. Like, so it goes to show, like, you don't need a lot to do something and be successful at it. You don't need a lot of tech wise. He's got the motivation to do what he's doing and he's got the skill set to do it well, but he didn't need like this huge recording studio to do it. Like he's doing it at the very basic level. Um, So anyway, I'm at 29 minutes here, which is a little too long. So um, I'm going to get going, but uh, all right. Thanks for watching all later.